This is Podco Media Networks. Hello and welcome to the Peace Love Plants podcast. Today is the second and final episode with Dr. Khan, and we're going to discuss lipoprotein A and why you should know your levels. He's also going to provide some insight on early indicators that will help you identify your risk factors and what you can do to help. We discuss his whole food plant-based restaurants, and he clears up the confusion about healthy fats. So, without any further delay, let's dive into the heart of the matter discussion with Dr. Joel Kahn. I know you have the restaurant. You've got two now, right? Yeah, we've had two for, you know, a little, we've had one for four years, one for about a year and a half. One's a big one with a bar in a suburb of Detroit called Ferndale, and one's more of a grab-and-go, sit-down, no bar called Green Space and Go. But they're whole food, plant-based, elegant, healthy, very challenging industry. I mean, you know, if you take the slice of the whole population that's even slightly interested in a healthy meal, that's a modest slice. Then you say whole food, plant-based, healthy meal, that gets to be modest. You throw a bar in, okay, now we just extended it a little bit. You know, one of our restaurants is nearly... It's like 99% oil-free, every entree. You know, that's a really small slice. It's really important to some people. Mm-hmm. But so you are restricting your, you know, your target audience with plant-based restaurants. But, you know, there is a growing population, and there certainly is an amazing sense of appreciation from the, from the clientele. Yeah, I think you might be restricting them for now. I think that that is... It's exploding. I mean, we're seeing it everywhere. The plant-based movement is here. And if people aren't involved, they're they're really missing out. Yeah, and they can go to the local bar and get an Impossible Burger now that they couldn't get two years ago. But hopefully that'll be a stepping stone to finding out what's grilled tempeh and what are superfoods and what's quinoa and, you know, some of the more whole foods that you and I eat predominantly. Yeah, it's interesting, the, the Impossible Burger and, and the things that are at, at you know, Burger King now. I find it interesting that we're comparing, not we're, but just in general, that we're comparing a Whopper. That's our baseline for healthy eating and plant-based. I think that we need to yeah. raise the bar. Yeah. We shouldn't be comparing a Whopper to good eating, should we? No, no, no. And, you know, it's interesting when you listen to the words of the founder of Impossible Burger recently on the Rich Roll podcast. I mean, he's a super intelligent geneticist. Mm-hmm. He's completely motivated to replace meat by the year 2035 for the environment, for the earth, for the purity of our water, our lakes, our air. I mean, it's not a health movement. If we have a healthier planet, it's going to be a healthier life. And if we have a polluted planet, it's going to be a more unhealthy and polluted life in humankind too. So it's all going to work together, but it's step one. You know, step two... We need a complete realignment of USDA subsidies and food subsidies. But who would have guessed two years ago that some of the biggest fast food chains are promoting plant-based foods? And yes, yeah. for many people, this is, we're not, re- this podcast, my podcast, Hard Doc VIP, Rich Rolls podcast, we're reaching 10%, 5%, 8% of America. You know, Burger King reaches a whole lot more. And that word plant-based may be the first time a lot of people saw it. So maybe, maybe it'll cause them to then stumble across the game changers on Netflix. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe forks over knives and Netflix, something like that. Yeah, great documentaries. I watched the game changers recently. I loved their take on things. It was just evidence-based. It's not swaying you one way or the other. Here's the evidence. If you're still going to have cognitive dissonance after watching this, then shame on you. I mean, honestly, right. you walk away from that and not go, I need to make some changes. 
Right. Powerful stuff. So I hear all this stuff about good fats, bad fats. I watched a, a quick uh, clip on you uh, from you about avocados recently. What is a good fat? What's a bad fat? Is there any way to, yeah. to explain to the listeners what, what they should be doing and shouldn't be? Yeah. So the baddest of bad fats is pretty much been legislated out of our diet. And those would be the trans fats. So, you know, a real mistake in American food industry to think that hydrogenated vegetable oils found in Crisco and other sources to replace butter was superior. And we've actually found that those trans fats induce diabetes, heart disease, maybe cancer. And they've pretty much been legislated out. But even just in the past three weeks, trans fats and dementia, big report. But we don't have to worry so much about the frequency of encountering them. And they're almost always going to be either in home food cooking where you use Crisco, for example, or all the processed foods you're going to find in fast food restaurants, vending machines, gas stations. So, you know, if you're eating of a higher quality than out of a gas station, you're pretty protected. Then you get into, you know, the only fat we need, the fatty acids are omega-3 long chain fatty acids. We need them for brain health, for membrane health, for cholesterol support, and we don't make omega-3. So that's the only group. We don't need monounsaturated fats like are you going to find in avocado oil and extra virgin olive oil and olives. We don't need saturated fat that comes from animal origin. We don't need we can thrive without it. So you need sources of omega-3. And I do blood work in my clinic and people are low in omega-3. My meat eaters are low. My plant eaters are low. Yeah, my fish eaters that are eating white fish are low because it's really, it's sardine, herring, it's salmon, then it's walnuts. But so if you're eating a lot of almonds and pecans, you're getting some fiber, magnesium. You're not getting omega-3. It's lovely in ground flaxseed and chia seeds and hemp hearts. And I'm all for that. I literally have every patient I see go home with a box of ground flaxseed to yeah. these cool little packets. I don't own this company, but they start to use ground flaxseed for the first time in life. The little product you buy on Amazon, leafy greens. I'm a big fan of organic chlorella tablets. They're pretty rich in omega-3 from algae sources along with a lot of protein and vitamin K2, vitamin C. But then you get to, okay, I got a plate of food. I got a pile of arugula and I got some shaved carrots and I got some kidney beans and I put some balsamic on it. Did I make it worse with an avocado sliced up? Did I make it worse if I added some, you know, walnuts over the plate and pumpkin seeds and such? And there is the big divide. So the only niche is when we go back and look to some amazing data from 1951 and on, that if you have serious heart disease and your goal is to avoid bypass, avoid a stent, not have another heart attack. The studies all point to the fact that is possible with food, but every study has been done with a naturally low-fat diet that excluded avocados, nuts, oils, and olives. They've all been done that way, with one exception. Joel Furman, Dr. Joel Furman, did publish mm -hmm. one study in 2015 where his nutritarian diet, where he encourages people to eat whole avocados, olives, nuts, also reported cardiac benefit. But the bulk of the data says, you know, and you and I aren't that person. You and I are not facing bypass surgery. We're not, you know, parked in a corner with nowhere to go. And I tell my patients in that situation, I have a lot of them. You have no choice. It is a naturally low-fat diet like Okinawa, like that described by Dr. Dean yeah. Ornish. For the rest of the people, there's absolutely plenty of examples like Crete, where they pour olive oil over everything in Crete. And they had, during its heyday before KFC showed up, you know, incredibly low chronic disease rates, despite 
40% of their calories from fat from olive oil. And that's not a very rich source of omega-3, but it is the truth. So for most of us, these healthy fats, particularly whole ones, whole avocados, whole olives, whole nuts, chia flax, hemp, you can do the keto diet vegan. I do the keto diet vegan. I can get 80% of my calories from fat. And it's plants, and I'm not putting coconut oil on anything. It's just yeah. extra virgin olive oil, seeds, nuts, avocados, tempeh, tofu. Delicious, delicious thing to do, although there's no scientific data in doing it, but you will lose a little weight. So I do it for a week every now and then just to tick some people off and stay on the cutting edge because there's a lot of interest right now in vegan keto. Facebook groups of tens of thousands of people talking about it. But science-wise, there's... Dr. Longo's five-day program is actually a version of vegan keto, not as extreme. It's not 85% calories from fat. And there's a published thing called Eco Atkins, which is a version of vegan keto that is prestigious science from about eight, 10 years ago. But anyway, so uh, it's possible to have healthy diets. And, you know, when we look at epidemiology, Greek, Italian communities that ate almost completely plants with lots of natural calories from fats, and they did well. But, you know, in an obese United States, we'd be wise not to orient it too far that way because of the density. 4,000 calories in a pound of olive oil, 100 calories in a pound of leafy greens. So, I mean, if you're going to fill your belly, you put a lot more leafy greens than olive oil to keep your daily calorie content down. A couple more questions for you before we turn this thing loose. I was reading one of your blogs, and it could have been dated. It might have been a few years ago, and it talked about indicators, perhaps, of oncoming heart issues. And one of them was gray hair. And it freaked me out because I'm growing the the beard right now, and it's lined with gray. And I'm going, oh, man, it's Dr. Khan telling me that I I need to be concerned? Yeah, there's about five or six. So we already mentioned, and I showed a picture of these calcium scans. That's really the... The direct way. If you want to know if your arteries are aging, there's a way to know. Get a CAT scan, spend $7,500, dollars not at age 30, but maybe at age 40, 45. If you want a little heads up, talk about head, you can get a crease in your earlobe. It's called a diagonal earlobe crease. Assuming you're not wearing 20-pound earrings or something, you can uh, look up on the web, diagonal earlobe crease. And if you have one, there's data that it's about 70% predictive for having clogged heart arteries. It's a bizarre thing, but the science is pretty strong. If you get prematurely bald in front or top, if you get prematurely gray or mixed gray, like in your 30s, there's something wrong with your antioxidant status. Now, some of it's genetic, and it isn't 100% predictive, but there is published data. The most important one that I talk to guys about, and this conversation is for women too, but a man starting to have erectile dysfunction yeah. In some studies, like around Mayo Clinic, Olmsted County, 50 times the risk of having heart artery blockage if a man's starting to experience erectile dysfunction. The problem is they go to their doctor, their family doctor, internist urologist, they get a prescription for Viagra, Levitra, Cialis, game over. They don't get a script for what's your cholesterol, what's your blood pressure, what's your diet, what's your fitness, what's your stress, maybe what's your testosterone panel. They might get that. And certainly they're not getting referred for that heart CT scan. You know, you might have a two, three, four-year jump on avoiding a heart attack 
God knows what Bernie Sanders was doing in the bedroom three, four years before his heart attack. And I am not interested, Bernie. That's your data. <laughs> but I don't ignore erectile dysfunction. In fact, I'm pretty yeah. focused on sexual health as a pathway to overall health because, one, it's a human thing. And, two, science is pretty good. Men that are sexually active have longer lifespan than men that aren't. And it's a physical thing. It's a psychological thing. It's a lifestyle thing. So um, undoubtedly, the data is true for women, too. There's just far less research in the female arena in terms of formal research is common sense. Right. Right. Yeah. I was listening to, I think it was Dr. Greger and he, he called ED early death. Like there's yeah. your sign. Yeah. Early death, erectile dysfunction, emergency room department. You know, some people call it the canary in the coal mine or we call it survival of the firmest. <laughs> I like that. Can I use that? I can. Yeah, you can use it. I'm going to write that down and use that twice before the end of the day. <laughs> All right. Well, we're getting close to my time to, to wrap this up, but I want to ask you one last thing, if I may. Maybe it's more of a personal note. Maybe it's even with what you do to help save lives. But what's next for Dr. Khan? What is What do you have going on that you can kind of leak out to the people and let them know? Yeah. The one thing I'd say, I have a book coming out in 2020. It's actually my sixth book. Fifth book is, you know, I'm proud of called The Plant-Based Solution, which is a science and eating plan to adopt this lifestyle and why. But there's a genetic cholesterol. This is esoteric, but it matters. Mm -hmm. One in every four person, one in every four of your listeners inherited from mom and dad a kind of cholesterol that can clog arteries throughout the body, as well as heart valves, uniquely clogs heart valves, called lipoprotein A. L-I-P-O, protein A, one in four people, that's about 75 million Americans and 1.5 billion people, and nobody checks it in the standard medical world. So you say, well, I got a physical from my doctor. He told me I'm fine. They didn't check it. Yeah. It's $20, $25 blood test, and it's just coming of age to add it to a standard profile. So I want to be on the cutting edge. I know the science. So I have a book coming out, but for your listeners, Next time you're going to a doctor or if you go online and order lab work like some of the companies will let you do, add in a lipoprotein A and make sure you didn't get a genetic gift. The earlier in life you find out you're elevated because it's elevated from age one on wow. and it's genetic. The earlier you find out, the earlier you might adopt a whole food plant-based diet. You might know the rest of your numbers, your cholesterol, your blood pressure, your blood sugar. There isn't yet a proven drug to lower it, but there will be in the next three, four years. So finding out now, particularly if you have a family history, uh, you know, my uncle had a heart attack at 44. My dad had bypass. My mom had a stroke. Absolutely get your check. So that's the next big phase for me, a big push. That's great. That's great. I will make sure to check out that book. I love all your Thank books, you. so I'm excited to hear that. Thank protein you. A can be helped with plant-based. You can. Yes, there is data. You can lower it with a whole food plant-based yeah. diet. And if you can't, but you can, because you don't move it much, you're correcting so many other factors, your blood sugar, your blood pressure, your cholesterol, your endothelial function. You're certainly optimizing the rest of the equation, you know, so uh, it's the right choice. Excellent. Well, that is all good stuff, Dr. Khan. I sincerely appreciate your time. Thank you. Spending with me today uh, for a few moments and helping my listeners understand about their heart health and what they can do to really change it. It's the topic of the era. You bet. Thank you for all you do. Now, I really enjoyed speaking to heart health with one of the world's leading cardiologists. And my hope is that you enjoyed listening to the conversation. The knowledge and evidence that Dr. Khan presented is extremely important and should be taken seriously. You know, it's interesting. When I first brought up the idea of having him on as a guest, 
He didn't hesitate or ask, what's in it for me? His only message was, he wanted everyone, and I mean everyone, to hear loud and clear that at his core, he believes that plant-based nutrition is the most powerful source of preventative medicine on the entire planet. That to me says a lot. A doctor that is in the business of saving lives, walking the walk, and spreading the message for everyone to hear. I can't thank Dr. Khan enough for sharing some precious time with me and with all of you. I sincerely hope you walk away from this with some newfound knowledge and ideas you can implement into your own life, starting today. More information on Dr. Khan and all of his work can be found in my show notes. Well, that is a wrap for this week's episode, so please come back and join me next week because I get the opportunity to sit down with Audrey Sanchez, the founder of Balanced.org, and discuss her purpose-filled mission of changing menus and saving lives. Until then, peace, love, and plants. Peace.